Welcome to The Untrue Show, episode two. Hey y'all, how's it going? (laughs) I have been having a great last couple days with the holidays happening with Black Friday shopping, Small Business Saturday, and I'm happy that we're entering into this new week ahead. So let's get started with trending topics. What is trending right now? So last week, I actually purchased the new Bruno Mars album, 24 Karat Magic, and I am a fan. I really like it. It's only about 33 minutes worth of music, so it's pretty short, but I really enjoy it. Like, There's a lot of songs on there that I'm just feeling. I think if you are a fan of 1990s music, then you will really, really like it. And I say that as in like 1990s R&B. So like Bobby Brown, Every Little Step, Roni, those type of songs, Alexander O'Neill, um, t- what is it? Tony Terry, like those kind of artists. And even Babyface wrote a song on there. So if you like all that kind of stuff, you will love this album. Um, Bruno Mars, I've been a fan since Unorth- Unorthodox Jukebox. And I saw him perform at the Fox Theater in Atlanta for like 40 bucks and at the time he only had one album so he did every single song on the album and it sounded just like the album and I became a super fan at that point so when I heard he was doing the Super Bowl what was it this year or yeah this year he did the Super Bowl this year or last year can't remember but when he did the Super Bowl I was really excited I'm a big fan of his music and I think that this album is excellent the song written by Babyface by the way is too good to say goodbye and the other song that I like on the album is called calling all my lovelies it has this little break in the middle where he literally calls Halle Berry's phone and gets sent to voicemail um which was a big surprise when I was first listening to the song and I know that Bruno Mars is a big Halle Berry fan because uh, Locked Out of Heaven is actually either inspired by her or um, he she was the inspiration for it well that's inspired by <laughs> anyway on to the next trending topic so next thing trending would be the Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart cooking show I have not seen it I don't actually have cable so I've been reading a lot of articles about it and I saw that it's been renewed for a season two which means it must have done pretty well Um, there's also this ad week article about like the secret sauce to how getting the two of them together has been such a big hit Um, I'd imagine that they're just a ball of fun like Martha Stewart has her whole thing Snoop has his whole thing but the thing that I like about Snoop Dogg is he just seems like he could walk into a room and just be anyone's friend and get along with anyone and just be just that chill, laid back, I guess, California gin and juice vibe. He seems to have that vibe with everyone he comes into contact with. And he just always comes off as someone you'd want to be your friend. So I want to check that out. If you checked it out, let me know what you think about it. Um, the next thing would have to be, so I know last time I talked about Shirley Caesar and the You Name It Challenge. Uh, I got online and I ended up stumbling upon, you name it, official licensed merchandise, which I think is great. Shirley Caesar and her team jumped on top of it and they had like sweatshirts, mugs, t-shirts, tote bags, all for sale on an official website. Um, it was a little, to in my opinion, it was a little bit late or a little bit 
after all the other, I guess, t-shirt brands that kind of jumped on the phrase already. So I don't know how you handle that. Do you um, take out like a cease and desist or do you sue them? I'm not really too familiar with legalese or how that would work, but um, they all kind of came out with it first. But I think she didn't wait to capitalize on it too late. Like Tiana Taylor capitalizing on the, um, what was it? The, the video that she did, she like just recently wrote out a website around getting fit when everyone was talking about that video, like months ago. So that was late to the game, late to the gravy train. But, um, Shirley Caesar is not too late. It just, it took a couple days after everybody else, but hopefully her merchandise will sell. People will buy it from her. Um, the next thing that I'm really excited about is Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. That will probably have its whole own podcast if you're a Gilmore Girls fan. So my, uh, my personal opinion about Gilmore Girls, I didn't really watch it a lot growing up after Rory went to college. Just because when I was a high school student, I couldn't really relate to those storylines. So every teeny bopper show that revolved around kids in high school once they went to college I just lost interest the college parts just seemed so boring and so dry I was in high school I only wanted to watch shows about high schoolers or ones that I could really relate to so I stopped watching it once she went to college and after getting Netflix I started from the beginning and watched all the way through to the end and now that I'm out of college and working as a professional I can follow along with the college stories better and even the relationship stories like I didn't really get her whole thing with Dean back then or the seriousness of it because I had not really started dating myself so it's nice to go back and re-watch those things or re-watch life experiences that I've had after I've reached adulthood to kind of see and understand them a little bit better I think you have to watch everything you liked as a kid again as an adult because you pick up on so many little things that you totally miss when you're younger and it's cool I mean it's exciting and I'm excited about a year in the life I've yeah so I was always team Jess when I rewatched the series and team Dean when I was younger which tells you about changing perspectives I'm like oh it's your first love you should be with him forever and he's the one and um then as an adult I like Jess better just because I felt like that was her match like this guy was the one who got her who should be with her and now after seeing the whole series and seeing it all the way to the end which I'd never done before I really think that Logan might have been the best the best match of the three uh, for her. Dean had these old school type of views around dating and relationships, how he didn't want his wife to work and all that stuff. And Jess just seemed like he just had his own career going. I don't think he could really be consistent with Rory, but I think that Logan might be like the top primo pick. So can't wait to get into the series. I think it's only four hours. So I'm not going to lie. I probably will finish it in one or two sittings and I'm not going to wait to watch it. Um, It'll definitely be a Netflix and chill by myself type of type of thing when I watch it. So I can't wait. Um, I'm glad that it's coming back. I hope that Netflix brings back sister, sister or living single or something else next. I mean, I'm in, I've enjoyed Fuller House and I'm probably going to enjoy Gilmore Girls a year in the life. But man, there's so many other great series that might need to have a comeback or might need to make a comeback um and then there's so many other shows that I'm pretty sure they're probably trying to bring back that probably never need to see the light of day but anyway um last trending topic I want to talk about is Moana I am so excited to see Moana like I've been watching 
all the YouTube previews, reading all the reviews, trying not to see spoiler alerts. And I'm actually going to pay to go to see it at the Good Theater with one of my girlfriends who is a Disney fan, too. Uh, shout out to Brandy because we're going to go have, I guess, like a girl's matinee to see it at the great the, the nice theater not the um four dollar one that we usually go to which is amazing and which is fun and it's clean and it's never crowded but um the other one that's regular price has bigger screens and we might see it in 3d i don't know we haven't talked about that yet but yeah so we're gonna have our matinee time to see moana all right so what i really want to talk about this week is mental health and yeah, so that that topic is inspired by a couple of things that I've been seeing lately out there in the internet streets and in media and television and around just the fact that mental health is almost like physical health. You have to take the necessary steps to do whatever it takes to stay mentally sharp, to stay mentally well. Uh, that is a thing, like mental wellness. So let's get into that next. By now, I think it's kind of widespread news that Kanye West had to cancel all the remaining dates of his concert and he was put on a 5150 psychiatric hold in the hospital um, and that essentially means that they're keeping him in the hospital to kind of evaluate his mental mental state his mindset and the reactions to this on social media range from oh he's crazy oh he's lost his mind to um, Kardashian curse which I don't really believe in and then to um, Nothing's wrong with him. They're just trying to control him. And then Illuminati rumors. So I think everyone from the outside can judge it any kind of way that they want to. But the thing that what what stood out about me, about Kanye's story, about what's happening to Kanye is that we all have these times in our lives where we're really, really happy and we're really, really sad. And there's these peaks and valleys. And sometimes... Um, there's no steady state to that. Like you just go to these through these extremes, like this extreme state of happiness and then this extreme state of depression and or, or sadness or unhappiness. And those two extremes are where it gets, things get scary. And I think that no one wants to get to the point where they're like, they're just feeling like the world is against them and that everything's going wrong and everybody is, is their worst enemy nobody wants to get to that point and when you do get to that point you have to kind of have what I'd like to call a friend intervention where you have people who do care about you who do love you and come into your life and like really try to speak to the fact that you're hurting you're in a hurting hurtful place you're hurting yourself you're hurting others around you and the things that you're saying are not it's not that they're not right. It's just they're not being said at a time or in a way that shows that you have an understanding for what you're putting out there. Like the things that Kanye was saying on his tour around Beyonce um, having to get video of the year in order to perform at the VMAs and around Jay-Z not letting their kids play together and around other different things. I think we're on like the radio not playing Frank Ocean's music and all those things, some of which don't really have anything to do with Kanye. Um, they're just things that maybe he's upset about and he didn't have another way to release that frustration and the way that he did it which is in front of a, a huge audience at a show kind of just shows that 
in that moment, he wasn't really in control of what he was supposed to be doing. Like he was supposed to be performing and he was supposed to be, um, you know, creating the things that he likes to do and, and what he was thinking prevented him from doing that. So that's the part that's kind of scary when your feelings overwhelm or overconsume you to the point that you can't do something that you love to do. Um, for me personally, I hurt, I fell and I hurt my knee this past April, like right, literally like the last week in April. And I'm sure I'll get into this on like many other podcasts, but basically 2016 has been a whirlwind year for me professionally and with my career. And essentially what was happening is the Tuesday that I fell and hurt my knee, I was experiencing, I was working at a job and it was my last week at that job. And I'd only worked there for five weeks. So it was a tough call to leave and it was a tense environment in the office with me leaving. So I came home and at the time, um, I literally just got my car back from seven weeks in the shop, a gate fell on it. So all these things were just hitting me kind of all at once. I get up, go out for a run. I'm jamming to Beyonce. I get about a mile out from where I live and I hurt myself. I hurt my knee. And the first feeling that I felt was pain in my knee. And then the second one was embarrassment because I knew that I was right by a stoplight and a couple cars were stopped. I was like, dang, they saw me. So I tried to play it off and I sat, I propped myself up on a phone pole and I waited a good 30 minutes until my knee felt a little bit better. And I was like, oh, I, I'm tough. I, I can tough this out. So I'll just walk home and then I'll rest at home tomorrow um, I'll, I'll rest overnight, put some ice on it. It'll be good. So that's what I did. That was my plan. So I walked a mile back home and it was painful. It hurt. It hurt bad. Like it was, I could barely walk. So I walked all the way home, come into the house, go to bed, put some ice on it, prop it up, thinking I'd wake up with it fine. Woke up the next day. It was still incredibly swollen, almost to the size of like, a basketball, which is huge. So it's still swollen. I was like, oh, my knee's fine. I'll just give it another day. So I worked from home that day. Thought I'd just wake up the next morning. It would be okay. I think it, I didn't have groceries that day. So I ordered Uber Eats and I walked, tried to walk outside to get it. I had to walk down maybe like six stairs, but I ended up having to let the guy who was bringing my food in under through the gate where I live and to bring the food to me and literally walk it up the stairs. And he actually was nice enough to walk me back to my place because he saw how much pain I was in. So, again, in my mind, I was like, it's not that bad. I'll just wake up again the next day and and it'll be over. So the next morning I woke up again and it still was the same. And I'm just telling this story kind of because it kind of goes to show, like, I think I wanted to believe I was okay, but I was not okay. I wanted to believe I was not hurt, but I was very hurt. And I was telling myself these lies like, oh, it's going to get better. Let me just ignore it. And it was very, very painful, more painful than ever. And I've hurt the same knee before and it never hurt like this. But in my mind, I was convincing myself it's not it doesn't hurt that bad. It's not that bad. And it's not that serious or I, I can I can push through this. I can push I can push through it. And I think some of that mindset comes from cheerleading because we're always taught to just um, when we're in a little bit of pain, just push through. But this was more than a little bit of pain. And this was one of those times where I had, I needed to stop and say like, no, I can't wait this out. This looks awful. It feels awful. I can barely walk. Something's very wrong. 
And when it comes to physical pain, it's easy. It's easier to admit that you're hurting. It's easier to admit that you need to get well. But when it comes to your thoughts and your mindset, it's harder to accept like my thinking is off today. Like I'm to- I'm totally in the wrong mindset. I'm totally in the wrong place. Um, you just see yourself as right. Like you're like everything Kanye said, he probably thought he was right. And even not even just relating it to him. I think sometimes I get that way. Like, no, I'm right about this. And that person's wrong. And that person's feelings aren't valid. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this in front of a, a, a meeting at work in front of everybody when I really just need to talk to one person. So not being able to discern like the best time to approach a situation or a person is just kind of a sign of maybe something's wrong and maybe you can't think past where you are in this moment or what you feel to handle this in a mature way. So after I I realized that I was injured, it was a painful process just going through um, getting physical therapy and going through getting an MRI and just being very stressed out and then not being able to work out uh, and being on a limited workout schedule and then having to do these knee workouts. It's, it's, it was a humbling process because I had to just fit like mentally admit to myself that I was hurting. I was not well, I was not 100%. And that's not a fun thing to do. You want to feel on your A game. And I didn't feel on my A game for a couple months. It took for me to get my mojo back or get my confidence back and just to feel like Dana the everyday normal happy Dana that I I can be I didn't feel capable of that when my knee was in such pain so what does it take to be mentally healthy I think that varies from person to person for me I have to do certain things in order to feel well and in order to feel like I can operate at my most optimal level A major thing for me to remain just mentally healthy would be fitness. So when I injured my knee, I couldn't do one of the things that I really enjoyed doing, which was long walks. I mean, I I was running about two to three times a week, but, you know, maybe three to four miles. But the walks were the things that really helped me just calm down and be centered and it was right around springtime, so the weather was peaking, and usually I just enjoy these like 30-minute to one-hour walks where I'm just walking and thinking and just getting my thoughts together and, you know, having ideas and brainstorming and just being by myself. And I'm a very introverted person, so I needed that time to just kind of refuel me and recharge me. And when I got hurt, I couldn't do that anymore, so I had to find another outlet. Um, my outlet ended up being water aerobics. Um, it was really good for my knee and it was really peaceful to do. And I got to know a lot of new people who were in my water aerobics class and I got to get into the water and I'd had this fear of doing water aerobics for the longest time. I just thought that it would mess up my hair or the chlorine would mess up my skin. And honestly, I had to throw those fears out the window. It doesn't get your hair soaking wet. Um, sometimes I would wear a swim cap. Sometimes I'd wear a hat. Sometimes I'd just wear my hair and it would only get a little bit of splashes of chlorine in it. So um, I learned that I could do it and, you know, get a great exercise and just be feel a sense of peace because the water is so peaceful and it was so relaxing to get in and I felt like my body was getting a great workout but I wasn't stressing myself out and I wasn't making my knee hurt which at the time I was hurting all the time and um, the water was just a lot really soothing to it so another thing that I do to just kind of keep my mental health in check would be journaling 
I have always journaled um, and it's just been something a, a good way for me to just release what I'm thinking onto paper to get it all out and to just plan and set goals. It, it, it's been a tremendous thing for me and I'm always telling people like you should have a journal you need to have a journal and that journal could be anything from a personal private blog to um, sometimes I journal a lot in apps or tools like Evernote or Trello um, I use those for brainstorming and just keeping track of like my visions and my ideas and my plans and even my budget and I have just a journal that I write in as well that I don't leave it doesn't ever leave my where I live but it's just always with me like right before I go to bed or you know when I'm brainstorming in the mornings I just always have access to it to just kind of write down what I'm feeling what I'm going through and important things that I read in books and quotes that kind of leads me to the next thing I'm really big reader and reading helps me just de-stress and when I was contracting I was a contractor for a while doing social media for small businesses and uh, freelancing uh, with Wikipedia projects, working with publicists and doing all those things. What really helped get me through was reading memoirs and biographies um, that people were writing about their experiences. I have a couple of favorites and um, it's just right off the top of my mind I can think of are Steve Martin. And that really gave me a lot of encouragement just because he talked about how he put in like all these years of hard work and then he had this peak like three to five years of really awesome, amazing success. But that's all everyone sees. Like everyone sees Father of the Bride. They don't see when he worked at Disney World or Disneyland. They don't see that part. Like no one sees that or when he worked at Knott's Berry Farm. No one really even knows about that part. We just know the Steve Martin that's in Bringing Down the House. You know, I always think of that one, which was a wild, ridiculous movie. But, um, and I don't think it was his best one, but just regardless, he had these couple years of like peak optimal success. But, it's so easy to get blinded by those years and forget the foundation that he laid before that. So for me at that time when in my career where I was freelancing and contracting, and I felt like I was struggling and I felt like I was having the hardest time and everyone was telling me no. And I was just getting this resistance from people like, why do you want to work for yourself? Why do you want to have your own business? And all those things were happening at that time. It was good to read about someone else's story. And another story I thought was really great was Kelly Catrone. And I have this quote of hers that I put on my Tumblr and it's the most pin tumbler that I have where she's like you're tougher than this and you're going to get through this and when you get through it that's you're going to realize that's the lesson you needed to learn and I'm paraphrasing because that's not exactly what she said but it's somewhere along those lines and it's nice just to just see that through someone else's eyes where you think you're struggling you think you're having a bad time well someone else is struggling like a thousand times worse or someone else had a a just totally different experience or different struggles they had to go through but now they're through them and now they can tell you what they did to get through them and what kind of experiences they had and 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 for me um reading those experiences always helps me grow and helps me understand okay I feel like I'm going through the fire right now but there's something at the end of this at the end of this fire there's there's a silver lining in why I'm experiencing this and I'm going to come out of it stronger and better faster you know, Kanye, stronger, better, faster, all those things. Um, another thing that really helps me to just stay healthy mentally would be good food. Like really, when I take the time to meal plan and, you know, have all my foods planned out for the week that I make, I'm in total control of what I'm eating, what's going in and out of my body. And 
that makes a big difference in my mood and makes a big difference in um, how I feel about myself. I feel prepared. I don't feel like I'm rushed. And it's something that I really want to get better at. It's just making sure every week I have my all, all the right foods that I need to fuel my body at, at the best level. Um, and even outside of that, the next thing would be exercising. And I know I talked about walking, but I'm talking about exercising like weight training and cycling and just other things that aren't just walking that that you need to do to stay healthy um lifting weights just gives me like a little bit of boost energy when I get up in the morning and I have a really early wake up time just to try to squeeze this in every morning I don't do every morning but three out of five mornings I'm getting there and on the weekends I don't push myself to get up that early to work out but I do do it I try to do it and I don't I'm not perfect, but when I do get up in the morning and I do do it, I feel the biggest difference. Like this week, I was actually not feeling very well, and I ended up just, it it hit me like literally like right before I was about to go to work, and then the next morning, I was like, okay, I know I feel miserable, but I'm going to get up, and I'm going to push myself to do this. How about I was so congested, the congestion went away after I worked out, and I just felt better, so to me working out is like instant gratification. It's like a new pair of shoes. It makes me instantly feel better. It makes me instantly feel healthier. It makes me instantly feel a glow and glittery and glistening, even though it's just sweat. I still love it. And it's like a detox. So I think that it's important for all of us to kind of find our things. Um, there's other things that I do to de-stress. Like I love going to matinees and to the movies. I know I talked about that earlier. Sometimes I even go to movies just on my own, you know, just as a little pick me up. When when I was contracting, I used to go every Tuesday because the movies were discounted. So I'd go every Tuesday and just have me time like away from working, um, away from home. When you're a contractor, you do a lot of work by yourself. So essentially, because I'm single, I don't have any kids, I was just working at my home um, all alone. Like I wasn't interacting face to face with my coworkers. I think we had like Skype calls and we weren't seeing each other. So I wasn't getting interact like office interaction. I was literally like alone. So I'd have my workouts in the morning. I have my matinees. It was Tuesday. And I just kind of had a system that worked to help me op- like operate at an optimal level. So all of us had to have our system. Um, I'd love hearing about what other people do to de-stress. I know some people play video games. Um, and some people, what is it? Like they CrossFit. I've never tried CrossFit. Um, I've, I'd love to one day, but I haven't yet. So I know that some people's work out of choice. Um, I just say, try to find something instructive that helps you be you like the best version of you. You want to be the, the best version of you, the, the a game version. And self-discovery is really powerful. So I I really want to encourage everyone out there to just to figure that out, to figure out what works for you, how do you de-stress, and what keeps you thinking sharply. Um, all of us have, like I said, peaks and valleys and, and, and highs and lows, but you want to not let the highs get, get you too high or get you off your rocker or not that, let the lows get you too down. You just want to be in the middle, like you accept the highs, you accept the lows and you live every day and believe that you're living your best life and you're happy or you try to be happy because I'm telling you, like, you're not gonna be happy every day. I'm, I think once we reach adulthood, we kind of realize that like, hey, I'm not going to be happy 24 seven, 365, but you don't want to be sad 24 seven, 365. You want to be somewhere it, like in a moderate mood. 
All right, time for the peak and the pit. Um, the pit for today, since our topic was mental health, would be the negative stigma around admitting that you need help, um, admitting that your mental mental health is not where it should be. Um, I always think back to the fact that, you know, when people have a problem or, 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 or they're struggling in that area, we, we just attach the stigma towards them. It, it, it's not a helpful stigma. I had this guy friend one time and I remember telling him like, Hey, you know, um, about my beliefs around mental health and he felt like people don't have mental illnesses. They just need to have more friends. And that's definitely not the approach to, to, to take when someone tells you like, Hey, I want to see a therapist or, Hey, I think I need help with, with the fact that I'm not feeling all right. The fact that I've been feeling sad for days and days and days, your reaction to them shouldn't be, Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you need more friends. Like that's not the best reaction. So it just takes a lot of maturity and self-reflection to kind of approach the topic of mental health a little bit better. Um, I was watching episode eight of Insecure. I don't know if you guys watch that. It's on HBO and it's uh, Issa Rae's show. And I used to watch Awkward Black Girls. I'm a big fan of hers and I'm a big fan of the show. And this episode seven was actually about, um, there was a, a part in it where, Issa, Issa, the character Issa on the show's best friend, Molly, runs into their old RA and the RA basically tells her, girl, I'm feeling good. You know, I was kind of lost for a second, but I got a therapist. My life just feels amazing. And I'm paraphrasing, but you get the gist. Um, she she talked about the positive influence of seeing a psychiatrist on her her life or seeing a therapist because it could have been a psychologist, but the positive impact of going to one who helped her pretty sure is a psychologist because yeah psychiatrists prescribe medicine psychologists are the ones that you go to um to talk things through and talk therapy but anyway don't quote me on that look it up double check but I think I'm right anyway so um Molly goes to tell Issa about their friend or whatever and immediately as she starts the conversation I could tell I was like I think she's kind of jealous of the other girl because the other girl just seems so confident so happy and Molly's just been going through a time the last couple episodes around her relationships um and she's a very successful lawyer so she's just been having this hard time with dating and with the men that she's she's finding today and with their situations and dealing with all those and she says, like Molly even says, like, maybe I should see a therapist. And Issa's like, that's not a bad idea. And Molly got really offended. So just because, like I said, there's just this stigma around if your mind is not right, you're crazy or you're psycho. And that's not what this is about. Mental wellness is a part of your physical health, is a part of your your overall well-being. And if that's not off, it throws everything off. So that would be my pit for today. Just the fact that there's just a stigma, the fact that people feel like they can't ask for help. And we really need to change that. We don't need to have this stigma out there. So the peak would have to be that um, Twitter has implemented better tools to kind of police hate speech and police negativity on the platform. I think it's been a long time coming. I know Instagram recently did the same thing and there's so many trolls out there and so many negative people who are saying all these negative things. And I think that policing them or, or just trying to moderate the type of messages that we see and consume is a good thing. I sometimes feel like I need breaks from social media. I do digital detoxes often just to kind of get away. Like when, after the election, I don't think I got on Facebook for like a week. Cause I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to see this, but 
at the same time, um, it's nice to just kind of like unfollow people who are posting things that are not that are hate fueled. I can respect someone else's opinion, but I don't like when I see something that's just so overwhelmingly negative or or targeted to a specific group of people. Um, so I don't unfriend people usually. I just usually unfollow them. That's that solves my problem. So I unfollow them. And on Twitter, um, I, there's some people I don't want to unfollow, but I can definitely mute what they're saying. So I'm really glad that that feature is there. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you guys follow my podcast and iTunes, The Untrue Show. Um, you can like and comment as well. Please rate five stars if you do rate. And I will be back to talk to you guys next time. If you want to reach me, my email address is the great Dana J. So that's T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T Dana, D-A-N-A-J at gmail.com. With any questions, comments, or feedback, I appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Bye.